This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Jutaris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And what makes also my buddy, what comes from power, the man with the plan, the one and only, the one and only, John Malika. But before we ask John how he's doing, listeners, I need your help. If you listen to this podcast and you're not subscribed already, please subscribe to this podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. That just helps. We're also on YouTube. So make sure to look at look up Knicks comma Jets comma ETC period. No one writes out, et cetera. That's just wild. Make sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment. Oh, you've been leaving a comment on that Berman one that we just <laughs> dropped. Woo, you all got some opinions about Berman, about the Knicks, about us. Well, we like it. We, we, we like it. We'll engage with you guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. And while you're over there, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. John and video producer Greg, they go down the NFL slate. They talk basketball. They talk whatever. Baseball, <laughs> Masters. You need to bet. You need to put some uh, money down on the line. Keep uh, things interesting. Over, man. U.S. Open now. We got speed. I'm got just chip, saying. That's all chip, the stuff that you chip cover, Chip talking man. spicy, bro. Chip talking spicy about Jordan Spieth. He's all over him right now. And then he starts sucking. Uh, some interesting stuff I went in picks weekly, man. The NBA series going crazy. We need Alex on for the second round. It'll be good. It'll be good to go. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And the last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. But John, my man, how you doing today, bro? How you feeling? How you been enjoying these NBA playoffs so far? I'm good, man. Yo, these NBA playoffs are pretty interesting. Like the coaching battle going on from series to series, whether it's how the Golden State is defending the Joker or what's going on, you know, with the, the Celtics attacking Seth Curry. Like they were literally hunting him on every single play. So I've been really enjoying uh, these series, regardless if there's been a couple of blowouts, I think they're going to get closer, but I'm anxious about this jets draft, right? I'm, I'm happy. I don't have to worry about the Knicks. That's kind of fun. The Hawks got smacked. That was kind of cool. And I'm hyped with our guest today, especially because we get to talk some soccer on the back end and we, and we never get to talk soccer on this pod. Alex is allergic to it. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hyped. <laughs> you already, yeah, I'm not. Now, who knows? Maybe things will change after talking to my boy, uh, about the New York City Football Club. Don't worry. For all you soccer heads out there, we got someone on awesome. We got someone awesome on to discuss everything with us from basketball, soccer, you name it. This guy's got it all with us today is my man. We go way back, way, way back to a White Plains High School. My man, Jordan Griffith. He's done it all, man. He's worked for MSG. He's been a color commentator for the Westchester Knicks. He's worked for the New York City Football Club. And now he's he's a coach getting ready to be the next up-and-coming coach in the NBA. Don't worry, guys. We're putting that energy out there because he's going to be that one day. <laughs> My guy, Jordan, how are you doing today, bro? How are you feeling? Much love. That's the intro. I got to live up to that right there. Stuff <laughs> there. Alex, it's so good to see you doing your thing, man. Like you said, we we years into this. We were decades into this at this point. Um, but I'm really excited. Thank you guys for having me on. And Let's talk it. 
Yeah, man. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the Knicks first and foremost. We're going to save the soccer for for, for the end because this is a Knicks <laughs> podcast. But yo, man, what what, do you, what are your thought overall thoughts about about the New York Knicks so far after watching the season after a magical run that they had last year? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I know Knicks fans are in a tough spot right now, and, and there's a lot of questions out there. I'm here to kind of preach consistency for the New York Knicks at this point. Ooh. You know, I just saw, I just saw, I just saw what. In the last 20 years that the Knicks have the worst losing percentage in the NBA, I think they just came out with that as a, a tweet. You are correct. Yeah. Now, I mean, we get it, and I get it, and there's no place like New York. New York is the place. It's held to a different standard. Um, but I think part of that reason is the why the success has not been there. I mean, listen, from this group here, you know, Dibs has been on a different page, I think, than the front office with a lot of things. But you have a young core. Uh, I have a great relationship with Obi Toppin. We've known each other for a while now. Um, I believe in Obi. Um, you know, RJ Barrett, I think, could be a star. I think all the pieces are there. And if you look at like what Houston's done um, over the last few years and how they have this young group and now they're ready to go after a high draft pick and really make a push to be in a group of, you know, four, five, six guys that they feel like could compete. I think the Knicks are on that fringe with some of these guys that they have. And it's tough to think about it like that because we want winning, we want rings, we want championships, <laughs> right? Not just the Knicks, but in every New York sports team. It's tough to think about that. But I think there is something here with this group. And if they can just make a real have a real great draft, maybe get a little lucky with a few, you know, balls falling their way in the next week. Um, there's a, a there's a core here that can win. And there can be winners in New York if they stick with it. If they're gonna press the reset button and run, blow things up again and move guys, I, I don't think that's the right path right now. Jordan, I, I I feel you and I I agree with you, but here's the thing, man. That's exactly what the Knicks did this offseason. They were like, yo, we finally did it. We finally have a good squad, so we're going to keep it consistent. We're going to re-sign D. Rose. He's going to be good. We're going to re-sign Noel. He earned it. We're going to, you know, basically max extend Randall. You know what I'm saying? We're going to run it back. And then here we are. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? And like, you're talking consistency, but what is consistency for these New York Knicks? Well, that's the thing is you, we think about it as fans over a, a large amount of years and the consistency isn't there. But if you look at this front office and the group that they have it, Thibs might not be, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It goes both ways, but because he's loyal to his guys, he obviously brought his guys in in these off seasons and wants to roll with them there. But what he's been talking about lately and some of the rumors that have come out, uh, oh, that he's regretting not giving Obi more minutes and regretting these type of things. Maybe he's fallen into line, but to me, the NBA always period point blank comes down to players. Right? Do you have the players that can play? You can have great coaches. You can great front office. It's do you have players that can play? And you know, Bill Simmons had his book that came out. You know, Isaiah Thomas had that statement on there. Everything about basketball is everything to do but basketball. Right? The team that plays its best will win every game in every sport. If you're a great three point shooting team and you play, you're a better shooting three point team shooting team than a team that can rebound really well. Whoever does what they can do best is going to win games, period. And I don't know if the Knicks know what they did best, at least for the first half of this year. I think with this young group, with a run-and-gun kind of approach, I think it could be there. They're still a player or two away. But like I said, is I don't think, you know, Randall definitely has to be handled. Um, I don't know, you know, if his future is with the Knicks. But with that younger core of guys, they seem to be on the same page. They're saying the right things. RJ Barrett can take the leap. Right. If you can run with them, like I said, I'm a big fan of Obi. I think he can be, you know, the best, a great third guy, right, in an organization that really can lead a team to a playoffs. You just need that next guy there. And if they can get that in this draft, I think it, the, the path is clear. 
I agree, man. Like I walk, I look at this team. I see a lot of youth on this team. And we, I mean, I'm not a Nick season ticket holder, but all the season ticket holders and all the guys who, who are on the beat, they got that email from Leon Rose saying that they kept preaching youth. Like we have a lot of young guys. We have a lot of young guys. We have all the, like it's so much about the youth. And they, it was kind of like in passing where they mentioned some of the, the, the veterans that they have, whether it includes Randall, Noel, D Rose and all that. So to me, you know, I'm trying not to read too much into it because you know how front offices just kind of like to, you know, they put on the facade. Yeah, what year sometimes. is it? What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was this year that he wrote that. This year that yeah, he wrote okay, that. Gotcha. Just make it sure. Just make it sure. But I kind of like am slowly buying it just because from this last draft, if you told me after we watched Obi Toppin and Manny quickly, I would have said, no way in hell is this team going to draft four rookies but that's what they did so I'm, I'm i have to think like if they're preaching youth that they have to want to build through the youth and take this uh pragmatic uh slow approach which is kind of what's been so far like even the guys that they signed it's no one crazy like evan fournier julius randall even though he got his extension i still think he could be moved there's no one on this team that's like screaming oh way like overpay they're gonna clog up the books and that we're just so highly invested in these guys so I agree that I think they're moving in, in, in with the young guys moving forward. But you're talking about consistency, and I really just want to say this because everyone's saying fire tips. Everyone's saying fire tips. They don't like the rotations. I've been one to complain about the rotations. I've been one to say that I did not like that some of the young guys didn't get more minutes out there as well. What are your feelings on tips, man? Because when you talk about consistency, people look at the coach, and some people are ready to get this guy out of here. I think you answered a lot of questions that you had with statements that you made. I mean, I think the answer for, for me is this was not a year where even the, drafting the young guys, and Leon Rose, I think, has done a great job of scouting young players and understanding who to bring in. This was not the year to go chase the championship. I don't think that. But you have a coach in Thibs who wants to do that all the time, 24-7. If you had recognized this year, and honestly, you know, they're, they're, uh, I think they're 11 projected pick right now. But if you had burned this year a little earlier – um, and figured out that young guy rotation and let them take some losses, you could have fallen into a top five, top, you know, seven pick and really, really then got a guy. And then, like I mentioned, Houston. Houston right now, I think, has done a great job of just amassing young talent. You know, Green is a spectacular athlete. They got all these little pieces. If they can go out and get a top five banger pick right now, they pretty much have everything they need to not only go and make a run, you know, NBA wise, but then to make a run at free agents and other guys. And like, will you give us a piece here? We can compete here in the West, right? The answer is, is to get all those young players, develop them the right way, and then take your shot with a superstar. And, and I know, you know, Kemba was, you know, I guess supposed to be that, but again, all of these little pieces, they didn't add up to this needed to be a year that you burn. You give the young guys looks, and I think the Knicks kind of knew that. They got into a way better run, I think, than they expected with some of those guys. And all of a sudden then, right, had to kind of make a push for playoffs. It falls apart late. Um, I think with these young guys, if you can go out and get that that star guard or whoever it's going to be out of this year's class, um, it's doable. The question is, is I think if Thibs is not going to buy into that and if he's not going to recognize that that is that exactly how we're approaching this year – He's not a guy that's going to burn another year, and he's not a guy that's going to coach soft right at any time. He's a great coach, defensive coach. He knows what he's doing. But if you're not, as an organization, ready to go after it like that, I think the result was this year. So 
are, I think you have to see what happens in this offseason. If you get the stars that you want from a college level, who knows? I mean, they got a 2.0% of getting the first pick. But if they get a top three pick, they can actually go get somebody who not only can play, but they need a winner. Because if you look at this group here, they have guys who can play, guys who have been stars for a while. But have they won, right? I think RJ Barrett and them went out, you know, eight elite eight, which is great for Duke, but that's not really what, you know, I think they were expecting. You need a guy that has been a straight up winner that can go out and ball. He can connect with Thibs and you can roll with Thibs. If that's not what you're getting and you don't get that kind of opportunity and you don't have a free agent who's ready to come in and kill and win right now, then I think you got to go in a different direction. It's right. funny you mentioned the soft, the soft coaching of Tibbs. Carl Anthony Towns came out after the last playoff game. Uh, they were talking about, you know, how are you able to last all these minutes? He's like, I'm pretty sure I did this with Tibbs. <laughs> we're good to go here, which, so I, I agree with you. And the, I guess the issue with Tibbs buying into burning the year is he's, ha- he, if that were to happen, then he would have to have assurance from the front office that if I'm burning this year, then it doesn't count against me. And I don't know if the Knicks fan base, I don't know if, you know, even the Knicks players would really roll with that, right? Because as much as it would be a, you know, quote unquote burned year, like you're talking about a player like RJ Barrett, he's got to start winning games. You know what I mean? He can't go year four, year five of just losing, losing. It doesn't work. And, you know, the Evan Fournier signing. Okay. Let's just call that a bad signing. Fine. My issue is, what are you going to do with center now, right? You're talking about this offseason. You're talking about the star guards. But let's not let's not mince any words. Like, if you look at the NBA playoffs right now, the best teams have dominant centers and defensive centers and, and or, you know, big fours that can play defense. And we don't have that. So my question to you is, you know, what are your thoughts on Noel? You know, he didn't play this whole year, but he's still under contract. You know, what are your thoughts on Mitch, who is looking for a contract? And, you know, you're, you're the Westchester Knicks guy. I know, you know, he's, you're before his time, but what do you think about Jericho Sims? Yeah, I, mean, I think these are all great pieces. Are they the solutions? None of those guys are going to turn into any of the guys that you're talking about in this playoffs, right? I don't think, you know, they could grow to be, you know, quality starters, you know, even guys you can rely on, but they're never going to be. I'm looking for a Clint Capella, bro. I'm just looking for Clint Capella. I'm not asking for, I'm not asking for, I know, I know our limitations. I wish we had a real center, but if we could just get Clint Capella out here on our squad, I'd be, I'd be pretty okay with it. Yeah. I mean, if you put the pieces together, that kind of player definitely works. Let's not get twisted. There's not that many Clint Capellas out there, (laughs) even though I don't think he's a, you know, he's a superstar by any means. Um, Yeah, those guys can play those pieces. But again, as I think you have to wait this next week and a half. You have to see, obviously, how the lottery plays out and who you're going to get a chance at. If you can get a chance at a top three center, you know, big coming out in the top 10 of this draft, then maybe look in that direction. But I do think the guys that we you mentioned um, can all play that role. The question for me is, again, is if you're going to build a young group and let's say R.J. Barrett takes another leap forward and becomes an all-star, right? R.J. Barrett. A good, a solid center who can finish dunks and get rebounds and blocks. I don't, we don't, what's going on with Randall? You know, I mean, you give him the extension, but then obviously he's not happy. And obviously this process hasn't been, he says he's willing to buy in. I, I think you have to really see in this next two weeks of offseason between draft, where you fall in the draft, who you can get, who can fall to you, and so on and so forth. And then free agent wise, that is one place where New York still does have an advantage of having the hype and the buying into, you know, this is the place you want to come play. And even with the Nets on the other side of the town, right, playing well and their star power, I think that also just helps the Knicks attract other stars as well. Who's going to be the guy to go against them? 
So again, I mean, it's the same thing every single offseason. And that's why I think you got to give Rose a little bit of this leash to like trust, maybe not consistency with coach, you know, with Thibs not the answer, but to trust like the front office to allow them to kind of work some of that, the mojo that they've had at other places in the past. Um, Randall does have to be addressed though. I don't know <laughs> the way things have gone, if that's the guy, especially with the way that he wants to play. All right. Well, you keep bringing, mentioning like draft, bringing some young guys that are hungry and you are a coach. <laughs> you do coach at Stepanak. There are two guys who played in this March Madness that you coached. <laughs> you got Absolutely. RJ Davis and you got AJ Griffin. <laughs> do you think yeah, so- either one, do you think either one of those guys, cause they got AJ Griffin going pretty high at six. I mean, the Knicks would have to get lucky to get up that high, but RJ Davis, Looks like a guy that could be somewhere in the range for the Knicks right now. I don't see, I don't necessarily see him in the lottery from like what all the mocks are having, but he's a definitely a guy that, that's going to be coming out for this, uh, for this draft. What can, what intel can you give us about those two guys right there? <laughs> and they are these the guys that are the solutions for the New York Knicks. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I had a coast at Stepanak in the past. Coach Pat Masseroni has done a spectacular job building that program up, man. I mean, it's one of the best programs in the entire country. If you are a basketball fan and you have not gone to CHSAA matchup between Stepanak and some one of the big boys, you are missing out because they play for real. I'm no longer coaching at Stepanak. I'm coaching at my old school, but I did get a chance to coach RJ. I've been around AJ for a while now. You're talking about those straight winners that we mentioned. Um, and I'll be quite honest. I mean, AJ Griffin is a freak athlete. I mean, he is literally born to play in the NBA. Um, you know, for, it's in his blood, his father, NBA guy, you know, multiple family members will be pro athletes. Um, he checks all the boxes for somebody that is, could be a superstar in this league. You know, you talk about like, like a guy like Scotty Barnes this year. Oh, he falls. I think he was a little bit later than expected, but. Um, oh, and all of a sudden he takes the lead. AJ Griffin is 100% capable of that. Like you said, they got to get a little lucky to get to him. But I mean, he's a guy that can really play alongside one of his Duke brothers there at RJ Barrett. I think they would complement each other really well the way that AJ can shoot the ball, attack the basket and play defense. He is a, as close as you can get to being a sure thing in the NBA from a guy. Um, I'll say that for AJ Griffin. RJ Davis is one of, if not the most, special players that I've been around. I've known RJ for many years now at this point, and that boy can ball. He <laughs> is a winner in every way, shape, or form. It surprised nobody to find out that he was leading a team to the national championship the game this year, and really a half away from taking home a title. He has won in every single point in his career in his entire life. From sixth grade, I was at the tournaments. He won all of them. Um, <laughs> he knows how to win games. <laughs> And like I said, is I cannot speak highly enough about both those young men, but RJ Davis is a winner. And whether it happens for him this year, you know, he had a statistical season that doesn't hang up with some of the top guards through the mid year to the year. And then he goes on an incredible run to end, you know, this season leading UNC to the title. Um, with that run he had, if it's not this year, then it's next year, but he is going to be a star in the NBA. Mark my words. Would he be a star on these Knicks? Oh, absolutely. I think he can fit in really well. You know, quickly, they got to find out what they're doing. And, you know, I've really liked what I saw from him late in the year at times. Um, I'll be tell you this. I mean, and it's no disrespect because it's crazy to say <laughs> a college kid who's not there yet. But R.J. Davis would win the starting job over any player, I think. Um, unless you're talking God, about an uber damn. star. I think you're, if you're talking about an uber star, Damian Lillard, he's not taking Damian Lillard's spot. 
But if you're talking about there's a competition, um, RJ Davis has done it at every single step of his career against Jose Alvarado back at Christ the King Mm -hmm. against Isaiah Washington's in college now cooking guys scoring in big moments. It's, it, I have great confidence that unless you're talking about an Uber star, RJ Davis could win the starting job on, on an NBA team. Oof. All right. You, you mentioned I IQ. Agree. You mentioned IQ. Let's just stick with IQ for a second. Do you think that he could become the starting point guard of the Knicks? <laughs> forget RJ Davis, forget Davis for a second, but in general, <laughs> yeah. can IQ be the starting point guard? I think for what we've seen, if you give him the minutes, he can develop into that. But again, is that's why I'm, I, I know we mentioned that burning a year. I didn't mean burning a year for this upcoming year. I was oh, talking okay. about this past year was gotcha. supposed to be the burn year. And that's why, sure, I mean, D. Rose, that's great. And it was a great story. <laughs> but in the long run, I, did that how, what, how, what impact did that have for the Knicks? If you had given quickly those minutes the entire year, could he have developed into that for this season? I think so. And I think when he got the minutes late in the year, that would that you know he showed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the answer is like kinda. I don't know if it's like if you just tell him here's the keys. If he goes and leads this team the way that you want right away, but him having minutes can't hurt at all. But again, that's why it comes down to this draft and this off season. Sure, he might not be the guy if you can go out and get a you know one of those top guys that they're talking about, Ty Ty Washington or one of the one of the monsters. You know, if you can go out and get a guy that has that pedigree there then maybe you don't go in that direction. But like I said, is if something else comes along the line and you end up with another uber-athletic small forward can quickly lead this team, I think over time he can he can develop into that. Okay. Well, you, we talked about pieces, Ryan. Like we do have Cam Reddish on this team that the Knicks did trade for. And we talked about, uh, you know, A.J. Griffin, who would be an awesome – like I agree, he would be an awesome wing. Just like watching him in uh, the March – watching him in March Madness – Insane, insane, insane athlete. Love everything about it. Do you think Cam could help fill that role next to RJ? Like, do you think he is capable of doing that for this team? So that's one of those things is like, of course, at all times, you know, um, politics come into it, you know. But I got a chance to spend a lot of time around professional teams now. I've been pretty fortunate in a few different places. When it comes to basketball, I was around the Westchester Knicks a lot. Um, I th- You got to trust the guys that get paid lots and lots of money to make decisions that they know what they're talking about in practice. Like I said, I've definitely seen situations where like, okay, so-and-so, you know, they're just doing them dirty because of some politics agent or whatever. But for the majority of the time, like if a guy can go do it and go get it, most of the time they go get it and go do it or they get moved on. Um, And I think like practice is so vital when it comes to a sports organization and unless you're in practice, unless you're seeing the day-to-day, I am always very hesitant to challenge how come so-and-so is not playing more and so on and so forth, right? I would trust Fibs and his resume over my opinion in those situations. <laughs> um, so the fact that he hasn't gotten that time right, hasn't seen that, there's got to be some reason for that. Um, but, I mean, he, he was a great college player. I think he can be, you know, be an NBA player for sure. But again, is now we're talking about like five or six, maybe what about hims? Yeah. As opposed to like two or three yes thems. You know, and that's to me is if you don't have a yes, then you probably are looking for one. Um, and the mm-hmm. fact that we haven't seen that from some guys makes me think that those are the areas that the Knicks would probably want to improve on. Quickly being one of those guys, even though we did see him later on in the year. I think if they can go above his head, they will in a heartbeat. 
But if he can get the minutes and develop, then of course, Reddish, same kind of thing there. Um, some of those bigs that you mentioned, like I said, is, you know, Mitchell Robinson, I think is a guy, you know, injuries have hurt him, but I mean, could he be a starter in the league? Absolutely. Are the Knicks going to give him the minutes and the leeway to allow that? That's up to whoever the coach is in a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, you know, pencil in OB at the four because Randall's gone and he's been dealt with. All right. Okay. <laughs> in your words, let's. Right, we're, already, put, we're already in fantasy world. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, here, 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 here's the thing. Like, Randall, something has to happen with Randall. If he oh, yeah. started, honestly, if he's the starting power forward, I would be shocked at this point. Like, I, I'll put that out there. So let's just put OB at the four and let's put RJ next to him. Like, what is your one, two, and five that's going to get this team into the playoffs? My, my, my. Legitimate answer to that question is, is you cannot make any determination on it until this draft because they're projected to be 11 right now, but have crazier things happen, especially considering it's a New York Knicks, you know, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> could they get a top four pick? That conversation is tremendously different if you're talking about a top four pick than if you're talking about looking for a star at 10. But once again, I mean, if you go through the, you know, history of all stars, there are many guys available in lotteries and, and beyond. So, you know, Rose has shown, I mean, the top in pick, right, I think is a, is a win at this point, right? R.J. Mm-hmm. Barrett, even though I don't believe that was Rose, that's a win, right? So if you can get another win here and say that you have three, then that's where you can fill in and build. So is it going to be an elite point guard? Is it going to be that other wing player, small forward, you know, the A.J. Griffin is it going to be a, an elite center that you don't have to worry about for the next 10 years? Whatever that third one is, is what you find in this draft. And then that's when you fill in other pieces. Um, and then obviously, you know, with the free agent market, that's possible too. But as much as I want to give credit to those guys for their young picks and stuff, the agency, the contract decision have not been great either. That's so fair. that's why go draft, 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 draft. <laughs> that's fair. That's actually really fair. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. So, like, let me ask you this, Jordan, because, like, you're more in tune with, like, the basketball world. Do you see that next point guard in this draft for, like, the Knicks? Or do you see – or do you think they should more so go – like, obviously, it depends on, like, draft position. But do you see that point guard or do you see that wing from this draft? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on where you fall. I'll be honest. Um, if – the way that the Knicks lineup is, I, I think unless unless you can get a number one pick, which at this point I don't even know if there's a consensus – you know, where you're going with the number one pick right now. Like, if you're the Knicks, are you taking Chet home, Chet from Gonzaga? Like, I don't, I, I, I mean, he's a, that'd I be he's a, that'd be a good player. That'd be a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if that fits. So, like, you do really got to sit in. Like I said, um, I think Ty Ty Washington is a guy that, like, is right there and that, like, people can really, really, you know, really? kind of. You think Ty, you think Ty Ty is that guy? I think, again, is, for the Knicks, maybe not. I think he's going to be a great player. <laughs> yeah. You know, could be a great point okay. guard. For the Knicks, okay. maybe not. Um, I'm not, I mean, honestly, like I said, is I think the Knicks would be fortunate to take AJ Griffin. Um, and then I think it would be a really great story. I think the way his tournament went for him, people soured him on a little, uh, soured on him a yes. little bit. Yes. Because he was basically like a top five, you know, almost guaranteed. Now I don't know if that's exactly where he is. Something silly could happen, and I think that would be a wonderful pickup. I think with R.J. Uh, Barrett, A.J. Griffin, and Obi Toppin, you have like a three, two, three, four right there that is on the path 
to being a playoff contender at some point. And then you fill it in with who do you go after in the free season? I mean, can you, can you flip a Dame Lillard somehow? Maybe you probably don't get your draft pick at that point, but like hey. that's, that's the thing that kind of changes everything. That's the guy. And you look at what happened with CJ McCollum and his, you know, pathway to now being like a star in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Those are the type of moves that you're going to need to push for if you're not going to get a, a superstar draft hit. So Jalen Brunson yeah, doesn't do it for you. Tyus Jones doesn't do it for you. None of the, you don't want any of those guys coming near this team. Uh, I mean, it, I would take those players overall. I just think you got to be really smart. I think you have something solid with RJ and with Obi. Um, and I think you want to complement that if that's what you think the future is going to be. Definitely with RJ. Um, you know, does what happens if Zion actually becomes available? You know, like then are you like throwing the book and doing all that? That's what I'm saying is like, those are not things that I want, but are you going to tell them that the New York Knicks are not going to do that? I, I, I think they would in a heartbeat. Um, cause it's, again, it's not just about winning either. It's about making If he doesn't sign the, if he decides the, to be the first human being to not take the supermax and then he wants to come to the Knicks, I mean, you, you have to pick up the phone. You're like, all right, this guy's crazy. <laughs> let's call it, let's pick up the phone and see what's up. But if we're trading real picks, real, real assets for Zion, that's just a, I mean, if you can give him Randall for I'm Zion and move that. on, like, I'll, I'm, I'm good to go. But I still don't, I, it's still a conundrum. Like now you're creating the Zion Obi issue. It just doesn't solve anything. It's fun. Like, trust me, it's fun. I was there when Obi dropped 30 on us, you know, in overtime and his only game in the garden. Like that, it was fun. And, you know, we won the game. So it was okay for me to say it was fun without anyone killing me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, it would be lovely to have that, you know, 41 times a year, but that to me screams highlight package and losses like that that just screams 25 lost seasons to me if zion's on this team i don't know that's just my opinion alex what do you think about zion and by the way uh, zion can sign the contract and then force his way out you can ask paul paul george you can ask any of these guys but then i'm out oh for sure yeah but then i'm out we cannot have zion williamson on the knicks with a super max extension that's just it just does that's a that's a terrible idea oh i agree yeah (laughs) yeah that's is, like the. I don't even think Leon would do that. I don't even think Leon would do that. No further like, comments. You're looking at me. You're, 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 you're <laughs> oh like, man! So is, is you this? Are you are you mad about the off season? Are you mad about the off season? Mad. Is, what this, um, is this what this is about? Like is that is that is that why you're soured on Leon Rose? Let me let me frame it to you that way. Is this why you you don't trust him? Is because he had a terrible you know free agency signings in this off season? I, 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 yeah, I don't think I said that at all. I think Leon has done a great job with the younger draft picks and his scouting yes. department. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Kemba Science. contract yeah, okay. and like those <laughs> things, those are, but those are backbreakers. Cause like, what do you do now with yeah. that? What do you do with Randall? I mean, that's why we're having this conversation. If Randall's not on that contract, then you can get him out of here relatively easy or he can't complain the way he has. So like, I know that you have to fill some spots and I know there was a lot of momentum behind that, but was Randall the answer to pushing you over the playoff? I mean, you know, he, it's not like, and again, is that's why New York and the New York background has such an impact on that because you've had a Carmelo Anthony, right? You've had these guys that have, can be elite carriers and scorers and people like love that and want that, right? If, you know, as a Knicks fan, right? Do you want your team to go to the Eastern Conference finals playing boring basketball? And like being very, no, I don't think you want that. <laughs> Bro, you want Carmelo I will, I will Anthony take the, dude, three I will pointers. Take the Knicks, 
I will take the San Antonio Spur Knicks for the rest of my existence if that man make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing every year. Like, I'll lose every single year. It, 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 I'll go there. I'll lose it in my face if we play like the Spurs. No over. Okay, but over, <laughs> over our superstar carry me year, the garden is rocking, and maybe – Maybe you could win an NBA championship, but you'll be bad for the next two or three years. Because that's basically <laughs> what the Knicks have been for a while now. I'm about to say, we've, done, we've been there done that. Yeah, yeah exactly. we've been there done that with Carmelo, bro. We had the Carmelo year, the 50-whatever wins. It was amazing. We had a great year. We sucked. And then we had the Randall year. Oh, it was fantastic. We're, we're going we're gonna to do great things. We're in the fourth seed. We sucked, dude. And now we're, we are not even back to square one. Like you said, we are negative. Like, we have horrible contracts, we have injuries, we have question marks, we're talking about firing coaches. Like, we are negative right now. So you throw R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell. You're not, you're not enjoying the Donovan Mitchell experience? I'm, I'm the crazy guy that's going to hesitate. Like, if you call me, if you're Utah and you call me and you say, yo, Donovan Mitchell for R.J., I'm going to be like, I know, I know you like R.J., I know that's cool. But Donovan Mitchell, he wants RJ here. So I'll give you IQ. I'll give you Randall. I'll give you some picks. Like for me, I need to pair RJ and Donovan. That, that, if you want RJ for like, what are you really gaining? Like I know he's, I know he's better. I agree. He's better. He's more efficient. He can carry a team in the playoffs, but I, I don't, I don't see the ceiling for, you know, Mitchell to be worth it to trade for RJ. I know I'm crazy. I know I sound like a Knicks fan. I know I'm that guy that goes to every game. I, I'm with you, but for me, Trading a 21-year-old RJ who can be cap-friendly is just dumb for Donovan Mitchell. I just think when it comes down to playoff basketball, the team with the best player almost always wins. And if Donovan Mitchell's your best player, you can probably win a lot of series. RJ Barrett is a good player. If RJ Barrett is your best player, can he carry you to playoff wins? What's the argument for Utah? What's the argument for you? Do they have real players with them, like real yeah. legitimate stars with them? They have good coaches, and they can't win garbage. If they don't, like, if, they don't if they don't come out of the Mavs series here with a win, <laughs> they blow the whole thing up. Yeah, they blow the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah, but, but even, but even outside that, what are they? But what are they? Yeah, but what is this? It's going to be the same. That's just a change of face for me for that okay. organization because they've been there to this point. Now they really had the opportunity in the bubble, and they didn't end up you know pumping out with that. Now when you're back in you know in these type of things. Does this team continue to get better? Can you get over the hump? And I think if they don't get past the second round, I don't think they can. Maybe they don't trade down to the Mitchell, but that they're going to make a big change if that's if they don't get out of the second round. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. That they would just explode like they just blow up the entire Utah Jazz. I think I'm <laughs> I understand like the hesitancy in trading RJ, but I know it's not it's not going to be the realistic like all right Donovan for RJ. It's like Donovan and. It's it's Donovan, RJ, and then the picks that's going with RJ, mm-hmm. which is like the thing for me that's just kind of like, we're doing this all over again. And not necessarily yeah. it'll be a mellow trade, but that's like, that's my fear is like, how are we building around Donovan? Who are we bringing in? Because now you, because the way that the free agency market is changing is that no one is coming through free agency, especially the good players. They're signing their contracts, making sure, and then they get traded. So if you're going to have to go through that market, that means you need more assets to trade for those guys. And I'm like, where are we? I guess I'm not that far like chess on the chessboard to see all of that, but that's like my my hesitancy in making that type of deal is if we give up a lot of assets just to get Donovan Mitchell, then we're not doing anything for Donovan Mitchell except just bringing him back home to give him the same thing that he had out in Utah. And I want I want to see a chip worse. You know, worse. I want to see chip. Maybe maybe it'd be worse. This, I don't this know. roster but, would be yeah. way worse than Utah. I mean, we don't have the defensive player of the year. Not even close. We never had anyone even smell that. 
You know what I mean? Like that that right there is a game changer. Now nah, that's true. That's true. But you know, speaking about front offices, speaking about working for Madison Square Garden, the organization, you actually did do that, Jordan. You actually did do that. So can you elaborate so that all listeners know what you actually did for, for MSG? Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm very appreciative, and that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to, to say some of the things that I should say once in a while. <laughs> that's fair. Um, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, for the first uh, inaugural year of the Westchester Knicks, I was their color commentator, um, had a wonderful experience. I got just some incredible um, experiences personally from, you know, being a chance to be a part of the organization, you know, announcing games on television um, was a blessing. Um, Langston Galloway and I had a great relationship, which I still oh. am close with him now, too. Let's go. Uh, Nick's, Westchester Knicks legend right there. Yeah, I love um, Galloway. He was, on, he was sure. on that Pelicans team, right? That when, yep. I, when I was there and I watched it, he, he killed it, too. We were all cheering for yeah, him anyway. He's, it's a, fun. he's a sneakerhead, too. Yeah, he, he does <laughs> oh. sneakers and stuff like that. Let's too. go. Let's go. Yeah, he's keeping it going. But yeah, honestly, it was just such a valuable experience for me to see, you know, the insides of an organization, how it's run, to see some of the syn- like synchronicity between the Westchester. Knicks and the New York Knicks. Um, you know, I got I have great relationship with Alan Houston has been very kind to me for a very long time now. Um, but it's just like I said, is it gave me the opportunity. And that's why, you know, I, I listen to fans and I listen to like, you know, the conspiracy theorists who are sitting there like <laughs> figuring out why so and so doesn't get minutes. When you actually see what happens behind the scenes and the way that an NBA organization um works, you know, even if you don't think the Knicks are a great one, um, the kind of the the preciseness, right? The effort, the mentality, and how important all those things are behind the scene to the success of an individual player, you know, a unit of players, and then an entire team and an entire organization. Um, it is, it was a great blessing for me to be able to watch and experience all those things and kind of see a little bit behind the scenes of all those things that we wish we could do one day. I know you can't go too much into detail because of like, you don't want to break like what what goes behind the MSG walls, but like, can you give me like, can you give me like, can you give us like a little sample of like what, what you're talking about? Like what goes into like a player, like the development and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, so obviously you have a, you know, you have a staff that works incredibly hard, but within that staff, they have incredible roles that most people are not privy to and how uh, development like Langston Galloway is just a perfect example of a guy who like not only was, you know, playing for himself, but then playing for an organization and working with, you know, some of the athletic trainers, some of the physical trainers, um, some of the skills guys that they have working behind the scenes and how they would take them and how a game would be approached sometimes, not just for the Westchester Knicks, but even for, I think, for NBA teams um, to approach a role for a player or to approach the way a player is going to approach a professional basketball game. Um, with the mentality of then using them in a different spot later on. So they'll take a guy like Langston Galloway. And of course, you know, you see why is so and so not getting called up for the G League? There's a lot of those guys, right? They scored 40 points in a game. How can they <laughs> get the call up? Because in all reality, it's not realistic that he's going to come in and take checks the box, score 31 shots to score 40 points for an NBA team, right? It's where, and they have programs like Synergy, which is an incredible, um, yep. just, it's a weapon if you can use it the correct way, but taking, you know, how player plays when they come off of a screen, how they come off of, you know, to the right hand, to the left hand, pull up, and then using that and helping a player develop those skills that they need, but then giving it to a coaching staff where they can use people to get into those actions in their offenses and in their, you know, flow of a basketball game. That stuff to me was just truly mind blowing to watch, you know, them take a player like Lacey Galloway, watch them work on stuff every single day before a game, then watch them use it in the game, announce it yourself, luckily enough, yeah, then yeah. go and two days later get a call up, 
you know, and go and actually do that in the NBA game in a big moment or hitting a big shot because they prepared that way a week and a half ago. Um, those are the things that like really are special to understand about what happens in an NBA level. And, and I've been around football for a while as well, too. You know, and it's just like you practice something all week so that in one moment on a game day, yeah. it comes together for you. Well, that's exactly what we do with basketball. We don't think about it that same way, but you are prepping players and understanding and you can literally pull up a sheet. Okay. You know, uh, I don't know. Just uh, RJ's the, at his best when he's going to his left pull up jumper. How can we run a play? With eight seconds left, get on going to his left so we can get a pull-up jumper. Right, yeah. it, that's the level of pro- planning and processing that happens on a day-to-day basis. Good lord, that is intense to like so- to even hear that. <laughs> just like to hear the whole preparation because us as fans, like we talk about it, right? Like we can go, we hop on the pod, we just say, hey, you know, like, oh, why did they run this type of play for them? Like, why did he do this? Or like, why? Just like to hear that type of level of detail, like going into a player. And it's like, so if you're saying like a player is not showing that in practice, right? Like, is that like you're saying that is the reason they're not getting playing time? They're not working out the mechanics, just not there. The the mindset is not there. All of those like things that we're not seeing, that's the type of stuff that's preventing like a player from going forward. Exactly. Get it, don't get it twisted. Every NBA player could destroy <laughs> 90% of the world in oh, basketball. Destroy, sure. right? But that's in a free-flowing situation where I get to work on my best move and I get to so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Cam Reddish specifically, but Cam Reddish comes in the game, hits his crazy step-back jumper. How come he doesn't get more minutes because of Disgusting. that? Disgusting. Well, that's that not any. But that's not. But that's not anything that the Knicks had in their game plan. It's not anything that they've been practicing the entire week. You made a good shot, great. But also, let's pull up your true shooting percentage on those step back jumpers. Let's talk about like when we stop moving the ball through the fifth pass of our offense. How many points we score in a possession versus when we get the fifth or sixth pass in on the offense. How many points we score there? Um, there's a, a stat, and I don't know the exact number, but a college, a big time college, did um, a stat, and they recorded how many times they scored in a in a possession versus when the ball touched the paint once versus when the ball never touched the paint, and it was almost three times as much success when the ball not took a shot in the paint because that's obvious you're going to take a layup versus a three pointer, yeah. but when the ball just was passed and caught in the paint and then passed off of that. They scored three times as many times um, on a, a possession than when they did it. Those are the type of numbers and those are the type of things that we don't always see. And at the end of the day, too, you can be wrong. What's great about the NBA is you can be as prepared as possible. You can put in all that work and you can be incredibly wrong for the group you have, for the fundamentals that your team is installing, whatever it may be. Right. But that and that's why I stay away from so much of the analysis side of it. Right. That stuff is helpful for what we're doing. But it still comes down to a coach who can put players in the right places to score and to a team that can do what they do better than the other team does what they do best. That is the only okay. way every team that does win, will win a game in any sport. The team that does what they do better, the other team does what they do the best. So then let's get back into your, your broadcasting and your analysis then. So how, did sure. you tra- how are you able to do that? Because now you see all that work, right? How are you able to transfer all of that to being like a play-by-play broadcaster then? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's why I'm not doing it anymore because I got bored of talking about other guys making bad decisions. I wanted to make <laughs> decisions myself, honestly. Um, but I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy that loves to like analyze. I clearly like to talk. I like to, yeah. you know, see these type of things. So for me, it was, I got a chance to start watching this in practice and it became, Oh, I want to be at every single practice. 
I want to see what's going wrong. And that's the thing is a lot of people, they look at a sport or they look at what's happening and they think that their opinion matters versus just (laughs) seeing what's happening and taking that information to help themselves. And you know what I mean? Like, yes, you can be right about guessing, you know, what, who's going to be the better player and so on and so forth. Right. But like the entire experience of watching that and then being able to use that information to help yourself is really what kind of drove me away from broadcasting. But for me, when I'm on the mic, right, obviously I know I can sit there and talk about all day, you know, getting to the nail and really technical terminology that would not really click with the average fan. For me, it was then difficult to like be sitting every single day in practice and knowing what play they're about to call, right? And then trying to dumb it down a little bit. And that's kind of, to me, was where I said, hey, I want to start coaching. I want to start doing this instead of watching other people do it. All right. Give me, give me, a, give me a favorite player of yours that, that either made it or didn't make it. Right. Out like, I know that there's a couple of fan favorites out there. Like Wooten never, you know, he, we would watch Wooten highlights every single day. And then at the end, he didn't make it. You know, there's those types of guys. There's the fun, you know, dudes like, uh, Trier when he was getting some minutes, like even mm. McBride, like right now, I know, you know, I'm asking you about your days, but Kadeem Allen, go- <laughs> Kadeem Allen. I mean, there's Throwback. so many guys that just, you know, they flash for us and we get really excited about them. And then they just, you know, they just kind of phase out. Are there any guys that really, uh, you know, are on your radar there? On my radar? I mean, I have a lot of guys that I'm fans of in the NBA overall. Um, I think it's probably pretty telling that not many of them are Knicks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, let me think. You know, I mean, honestly, I, I got a chance to spend a lot of time with Obi Toppin. Um, his younger brother, Jacob, played on my AAU team. So I've known him for quite a while. Mm. I think he just does so many things with his motor that really attract. That's the type of player that I was. And that's the type of player that, like, I enjoy watching. Just a guy that, like, doesn't really stop. Um, and if you're talking about like, like PJ Tucker is an example of a guy like that where Mar- Marcus Smart just, you know, congratulations, uh, defensive yeah. player of the year. Like those are guys that like, to me, the most impressive thing, cause you watch, I mean, they always say good D, better offense, right? Mm-hmm. It's if, if you're a really good NBA player, like it's really, really tough to stop somebody from scoring, um, individually. And then as a unit, those are the type of things. I love defense. I love watching defense. So guys that can like stay in a stance over screens and force you off of your line. Those are things to me that like just get me going. Like that's the stuff I love to teach and coach guys that can stay in a stance that can beat themselves over a screen guys that switch. And when you watch an elite NBA and just at any level, NBA, college, high school, I've been part of some really great high school basketball games. Well, when you have five guys on defense, who are showing strong thighs, strong hands, right? Recovering, you know, helping, rotating. Like that to me is poetry. That is yeah. the most exciting thing that I can think about in basketball because, yeah. you know, obviously a guy can dunk from wherever. He can shoot a three from 50 feet away. That's awesome. But a unit like getting together and locking down. And quite honest, I mean, Fibs was the master at that. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm also hesitant to be like, oh, he's not a good coach. He might not be right for this group, but can Thibs be win an NBA championship in the next five years with the way he coaches defense? Hell yeah. Are the players there is the real question. But to me, defense and watching a unit just straight up strap it up, seatbelt, lock in and get it done. 
to me is the funnest part of basketball. You're speaking John's language over here. Like you're yeah. legitimately speaking John's language. This is it for me. <laughs> That's why I, it sucks to say out loud, but I, I love this Boston Celtics team. Like I, I hate everything about Boston in every shape, way, shape or form. It helps that they're playing the Brooklyn Nets, right? So I can at least have that. But dude, I, I've been watching this Boston team since January. They've been unbelievable. Like I, I have the league pass on. I watch them and I'm just like, dude, I tell Alex, like, oh, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I know you live in Boston. I'm telling you, they are unbelievable on defense. I, I think they're going to, you know, get maybe stagnated by the Bucks. So my last question to you is, how do you think this, you know, regarding the basketball, how do you think this NBA playoffs is going to end? Yeah, man. Like I said, is I always go back to the teams with the best players usually win the series, <laughs> period. Yeah. Um, so in all, I, I think right now I have, I have the Phoenix Suns beating the Brooklyn Nets in the – Wow, that's wild! I think you got the Brooklyn Nets making the finals. Oh, I think I think Kevin Durant just played terrible, and they lost on a buzzer beater after three horrible offensive possessions in Game One. I think that when Kyrie Irving is playing the way he's playing right now, he was out of his mind in that game. He was, he was, he was (laughs) like on, he was on a Kobe level, and that you know that's his guy. Like that's where Kyrie is right now. I don't think that if Kyrie and Kevin Durant stay healthy. I think it's been anybody that's played with Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant and their group has stayed healthy has won a championship. If you realize this is, that, right? I this mean, is wild. This is wild, man. I, I, mean, I got the Nets. I got the yo, Nets winning championship, man. Yo, take the if you, honestly. If you're listening to this and you, you're a believer <laughs> of Jordan and you and he's got you on his side, yo, go and take them to win the series. Go and take them on the series <laughs> betting. Go and take them to win the Eastern Conference because you get you'll make a boatload of money right now. They are plus money everywhere. Uh, oh, I so, got I, I got the money down. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm about to say. I'm about to say. <laughs> that's how you're feeling. I I got I got the Nets plus one and a half on the series betting. You know, you can check yeah. out winning picks weekly, and I'm yeah. nervous about that. I'm, I'm I'm like, all right, we need a game seven. But I'm I'm, I'm starting to get a little nervous if 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 they lose game two and three. I uh, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. So I mean, oh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because because that's you know the two at Boston and then the one back in Brooklyn. Like if they're not able to scoop that up. Or or Boston gets you know steals one of the Nets games too. It's it's gonna be over. So right, if, you, uh, if you want a gambling tip, I think I think Kevin Durant has an all time banger performance in this next game, game. too. Yeah, uh, I think I you. think he goes crazy. The, the the thing is, man, we talk about defense, we talk about coaching, we talk about how you know in the NBA playoffs, that's what gets exposed the most. Best player wins, and the best coach wins. And the way they attack Seth Curry. And the way they completely neutralized Drummond, it, it it was unbelievable. And so, unless the Nets, like unless Claxton becomes, you know, Draymond Green overnight, which is possible, he could play like Draymond Green because he's gonna have to be that stretch five, and they're gonna have to roll it, you know. And Seth Curry's gonna have to somehow play defense. I mean, Kevin Durant could legitimately score fifty, and they could lose. That's the whole thing here. That that you know, that, like that, that that that's my mentality. Kevin Durant, yeah, he could score fifty. Tatum could score thirty, and Boston could win. And Mar- yeah. if you tell me Marcus Smart is not gonna be the most hyped human being on the earth in Game Two after what he did Game One, after you know, especially on the last play, Wait, getting the defensive think- player of the year from Gary Payton, I, I don't know. I I think it's gonna be a really interesting game too. I- Alex, are you go? I think I think I think Kyrie and Kevin Durant are excited to torch the NBA Defensive Player of the Year in this next game. Fair, that's fair. Uh, I can agree. I'll tell you this: I've been been around NBA guys; they are drama queens to the fullest. They think about (laughs) all that stuff. They love that. They're like, "Oh, he just won Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to give him 35 tonight." Like that. um, 
Mark my words. And that's why this league is so much fun, man, because everyone's like, oh, you like to create narratives. It's like, well, you also create the narrative. <laughs> so you want to go out there and go do that. <laughs> but I, 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 I think Kevin Durant's going to have that type of monster. I think he's going to go back 1-1 after uh, this one. I think the Celtics, I think the Celtics got a good one. <laughs> I'm still a little more confident in the Celtics winning it. Uh, I think it's going to be a six, seven game series, but. If Nets I'm, win game I'm, two, I'm it's going seven. Oh, yeah. Nets are winning game if the Nets, two. If the Nets win game two, sure. Seven. Uh, it might not go seven either. <laughs> it's going to go, oh, my God. This is crazy. Are you, I mean, I, 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 I'm just telling you right I now. I don't man. care either if way. You I have at, no. Either one, I would like Kyrie, for them to both lose. If you look at Kyrie, yeah. and, Kyrie and Kevin Durant and the, what they have accomplished with another superstar when those superstars are healthy over the span of their careers, right? I think it's, uh, to me, like I said, is I, I did make that pick. I had Suns Nets before the playoffs started. I obviously could be wrong, you know, in this next week here. Um, but like I said, is you take – they have two of the top five players on planet Earth right now on their yeah, team. I think yeah, they win. I agree. It's just the rest of the team blows. Yeah, like, sure. blows. Like, Bruce – Like, but you yeah, know, they were Bruce really Brown had a rough game. Yeah, a rough <laughs> yeah, like, game. Yeah. Like, Bruce Brown has to be – And he, and he uh, was talking MVP. spicy. And he was talking yeah. spicy after that last one, <laughs> after the Cavs yeah. game. He was talking Play pretty spicy. Horford, like, uh, it's just – it's a tough – I agree. Kevin Durant and Kyrie, I'm, I won't say a word about them, but I think they miss Joe Harris. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> Ooh, Joe, yeah, Joe Harris. How about the sure. West? But, yo, the West? No, the Suns. I got the, the Suns. Yeah, it's the Suns. I got Suns. They're, 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 they're a machine, bro. That team is a machine. They're like Pelicans. Sure, they made a nice little comeback. That thing is a machine. They're, they're a machine, bro. They they play the true like prototypical. They're built like a prototypical basketball team. Like from point guard to like center, everyone like matches the heights. Everyone plays a position like they're like a prototypical basketball team. It's beautiful to watch. It's true. That is truly poetry in motion. Watching the Suns play. That is like the beautiful bat. My spicy take is Golden State stinks. That's my that's my Western Conference like like hot take that you know would like blow people's minds. I just I don't I think Steph Curry's hurt. I think Draymond's also hurt. I think Clay is not 100. percent And once you know games start mattering, not game one of the playoff series that you've been excited for and waiting for. No, like talk to me in game six when there's you know the gaps are way less in between games when you're traveling back and forth when coaches have seen you now five six times. You as a coach, you know what that does. Us as NBA fans, I mean, we know. So uh, for me, it's just, it's going to be Suns Bucks again. I, I hope it's more fun than last year's uh, finals, even though it was okay. But I just. Chris Paul walking into this out of the sunlight, the owner, they're going to kick the owner out, right? Devin Booker hopefully gets his MVP. It just, it feels very poetic. The rematch, you know, they got the script back. I'm, 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 I'm hyped about it. I'm, I've been, I've been smashing that Phoenix Suns button. So just as you right. are hot on the, on the nets, I'm hot on the Suns. I was yeah, Kyrie this, and Booker, Kyrie Booker. Those are the Kobe muses, right? The proteges yeah. oh, right True. there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something to That'd that. That'd be a great matchup. That'd be a great yeah. matchup. But uh, the one I want to add on is that I see Memphis coming back and torching Minnesota after <laughs> I feel like they're coming back Oof. with vengeance. That'll Minnesota's a good team. Minnesota's Anthony a good Edwards. Team. Anthony Edwards good is team. a superstar. He is him. Anthony Edwards is, is him. him. I have he a question. Him. I have a question. Does this make Carl Anthony Towns expendable? Well, I think this is this is a great group that they got here. I think that they roll with this for the next few years. I mean, sure, I, I guess think- you could. Why would you? I mean, Cat is playing well. I mean, he can shoot the ball. He's a matchup problem in all places. If Anthony Edwards takes another leap this year, there's absolutely no reason why they can't compete for a championship. And they could this year. I I, I don't agree with you. I got Minnesota winning that series. I, I think that they that Minnesota could. Get oh, I'm a just lot talking about game two. Problem. I'm just talking oh, okay, about game two. I'm just I'm just I'm just talking about game. I think you're yeah. coming back out for game two for vengeance, just because I think yeah. Jaw's going to be that type of guy that just wants 
you know, you talk about storylines, you talk about like what happened. He he's in his feelings. He we watch him on Twitter. He this guy's gonna come out and, and try to make a and show. Triple J got rocked. He's gotta have some some sort of pride here. That they were <laughs> yeah, there was like six they bodies cost, in that game. That game's crazy. They were calling some weird fouls on Triple J that game. They were calling yeah. some weird fouls. I'll just say that. But let's get into the last topic for Jordan before we get him out of here. Yeah, you're wearing the, the hat. The good stuff. The good stuff. You're, you're the wearing the hat. Stuff, yeah. The championship. New York City Football Club. Championship. You were there for the championship too, man. Like that's I was that's, I was ten feet away from the game winning healthy kick. It was a blast. Crazy. You also touched, were you holding the trophy too? Yeah, whatever you need, I got. I'm saying, yeah. like, yo, this guy was yo. This I'll say this. So I'll say this. So my my family is originally from Boston. I grew up at a young age, a Boston fan for most things. Um, obviously, I lived in New York. Um, but you know, to me in general, I've always just been like a sports fan, like basketball, football, baseball. I played all three. I just love watching and like. I was never a diehard anything like that. I rooted for teams, but, you know, maybe the Patriots at one point, but I was never. Once I got to, like, of age and I was trying to make the NFL and NBA myself, <laughs> I kind of stopped rooting for anybody and wanted to. Obviously, I got a chance to work for the Knicks. New York City Football Club, NYCFC, is the first thing that I truly feel is, like, mine. Like, I, like I said, is even even outside – I didn't live near my favorite team for a long time. I worked for a team, right? It was great. This is like mine. And for the last like eight years, I was one of the first 50 season ticket holders. Um, and I was on the field holding the trophy uh, when they won their chip eight years later, was seven, eight years there. Um, it was a blast. And if, like, if you're into the garden energy, show up. For an NYCFC playoff game, show up for an NYCFC game in general at Yankee Stadium. It is rocking. Yeah, there's a party parties everywhere, and I just took a video on Twitter. Check it out. Um, underscore Jordan Griffith. You can see like they score goals, and it is it a banger. Off. It goes it goes off. They're literally right, in the bleachers too, selling, which is even cooler. <laughs> dude, dude yeah. I don't. I was at, I was at the inaugural game. Uh, Yankee Stadium because like soccer runs in the blood of my family, right? Like yeah. uh, my dad played, my grandpa played, my dad still watches every Egyptian soccer, you know, t- you know, Fresh. league game. We wa- we watch like you know, Liverpool if, if there's an Egyptian in the English Premier League, we're watching that game. You know what yeah. I mean? So we've been Liverpool fans for for Mosala's quite a bit. So. A monster. So when NYCFC came, we were like, oh, like we gotta get on board here. So oh, we also brought in Pierre Lowe, we had Via, we had Lampard, right? So we're all we're all hyped together here. And they sucked, right? Like they were so bad. And we yeah, were like, oh, bad, like, 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 what are we doing here? Like, is this another Red Bull when Red Bull was bad? Like, why are we doing this? MLS stinks, Ooh, right? That, 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 that hurt when you said that. I'm not going to lie. That I know. Hurt. I'm just saying that, that, that's how, <laughs> that, that was the perception, right? Yeah, when, it yeah, first, yeah. when it first, when we first opened, but now look where we are, man. I mean, as NYCFC, we won a chip and not only did we win a chip, will you beat? I'm so happy you said you were from Boston. I didn't know that. I'm so happy because we beat the Revolution, who was the best team in MLS history, yep. right? To get there. Like, well, just tell us about the vibes, man, because everyone's still going to say New York, we haven't won a chip in X amount of years. Like, tell us about the uh, vibes of NYCFC, man. No, the vibes are there. And like I said, is if you're into this, like, as you said, if, if you might, you probably had an experience with them in some way, shape or form, especially early on via, and they had all those, you know, star players, they have flipped the switch so crazy now. And they've actually had, a player from the team, not maybe not each, but multiple players the last five years 
who have left NYCFC and gone and had tremendous success in Europe at the highest level, the highest of the high. Jack Harrison is a star for Leeds mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Yangel Herrera, um, Man City had Angelino who started for NYCFC. They have a guy right now. Tati Castellanos. Tati, let's go. He won the Golden Boot <laughs> last year, led yeah. the league in goals. He had four goals yesterday. No, like, yeah. no big deal. Was he snubbed um, last year? Was he snubbed MVP? Yeah, or- probably. I mean, th- th- it was a weird year, and he definitely led the – it was a low year in goals. So even though he had the yeah. most goals, there wasn't a lot. It, it, it He should have been the MVP. I mean, he obviously went on chip when he did. Yeah. But I'll say this, man. He, he, I will, he will definitely be playing – against your Messi, your Neymar, your Mbappe, whoever it is, he will be playing against them and scoring goals against them in the next five years. He's that good. They have flipped yeah. the switch crazy. They have young South Americans from all over. They've got great talent from Europe. This is probably the most complete team that New York City overall has had in the last <laughs> five or six years. Um, and that's yeah. not an exaggeration. The games are 100%. fun. The, the parties are there. They're playing games this year. In Yankee Stadium and City Field. So if yep. you're a Queens, you can go right out to City Field and check the game out there. The atmosphere is legit. The Queens loves to show out for those games. I think they're playing four, if I'm correct. And then all the other games at Yankee Stadium. Um, it is, it's a, it's a party. It's a great atmosphere. You can bring the family. Um, but the energy is everything that you want from a Knicks game, from a Rangers game. It's matched at Yankee Stadium. Woo. Selling me to go down there and watch. I'm not even a big soccer guy like that. Doing a good you job. get Alex to go to NYCFC game. I'm be hyped. I got I got front row season, <laughs> front row season tickets, Alex. Come on down, man. Let's go. Let's go. So let, let me ask you this then. You since you've seen like the entire history of like New York City Football Club for like the, mm. the, the, the the onset and then for winning the championship, and you were covering it too. You're you what was that experience like, man? Because if you're if you're covering it, you know, you were doing broadcast for like Westchester, you're doing for Westchester Knicks, but now we were talking about you know, the G League is, is, was a developmental league to all that. But now you're watching like the pros, pro, like go from like woof to greatness. What was that experience? Yeah. No, like I said, I've been extremely blessed. I've had such great opportunity to be where I have been. I had the first podcast ever for NYCFC. That's a straight, straight fact. Mm-hmm. I was one of the top 50 season ticket holders and I started covering the team, not even like, it wasn't a business decision for me. It was like an opportunity for me to help, you know, and to help grow the game. And then in general, I just wanted to be a part as close as I could to the action. So like I said, it, it was, I got a chance to be on the field last year. They won in penalty kicks in an incredible game. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I'll tell you too, I've been to a lot of sporting events. I played in a lot of sporting events. I've been to in the MLS cup, Portland scored with about 10 seconds left yes, in the game. Yes. And the stadium was louder than any stadium I've ever heard. I mean, I've been at some big football games, playoff games, stuff like that. Um, it was as energetic and as exciting. Um, I think soccer is going to explode in the next 10 to 15 years. They have a golden age of young players right now for the U.S. men's national team, um, oh, yeah. led by Christian Pulisic. Um, oh, yeah. but Gio Reyna, Gio, he was an NYCFC product, actually, even though I know. What do you think about Gio, bro? Is he, you think he's all right? You think he's going to make it back? He just got hurt uh, again. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like he's probably done for a significant amount of time. I don't know. As long as he's back for, what is it, September or whatever, not October <sighs> for the, the cup stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. like I said, they have young guys. They have superstar potential. You know, they have the starter for Chelsea. They have a starter for BBB. They have starters for all around the world um, at this point. 
the opportunity is there. And it's kind of crazy if you think about it. I mean, soccer in America, you're talking about maybe the fourth or even fifth best athletes overall who actually want to play for it. At least that's been the case for when we were growing up, right? I mean, basketball and football, baseball, and maybe even hockey, right? I think a lot of kids would go to those directions before they went to soccer in the past. That is not the case anymore. Soccer is exploding. You know, obviously football is never going to decline, but some of the questions that people have had about football and concussions and stuff have changed people's minds. But the soccer numbers are exploding through the roof. The um, U.S. Uh, youth national team and say. a lot of the programs are doing incredible and having incredible numbers, right? Soccer is on the rise. And the more that that success happens at the worldwide level, I think the more success we'll see locally here in New York and all over. Yeah, what was the, what was the, I, I, he slipped in my mind now. What was the German coach for the USA? What was, what was his name? Uh, oh man, I, I forgot. Klersman? Yes, yes. Definitely. Uh, we, I mean, he was torching us, right? He was torching the MLS. He was torching the, you know, the USA, the youth squad, the youth program. And we've, you know, made leaps and bounds. I mean, we're like 15th in the, na- in the world. That's, uh, the USA has never been ranked that high. I'm pretty sure. Definitely not while I've been alive, right? So, it, we are we are getting somewhere, and soccer is USA, so crazy. By the way, I'll, I don't know if you guys like know like you can sign kids when they're like eleven. I know, you know that's what I mean? like that, that's yeah. anywhere that you want. Like they bring in players from all over. Messi, like people knew Messi was good at like seven years old, and he like just disappeared. Like nobody knows where he was for like yeah. the next six years, and then he pops up as the, the greatest player in the world in the entire club. Yeah. Like, that's the, that's the craziest thing. That's the craziest thing about it's, it's like corrupt you as hell. Get, oh, it's great. Sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know all about corruption, man. So yeah. Like I, I, I was. I was There's uh, like games. Teams will win like thirty-five-three in some places. You're like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Africa, you can't bet on the games. Yeah, you can't legally <laughs> can't because yeah, they know that that everybody's yeah. doing some doing some on the side. You know. Yeah. So I know. I know. I know. We're keeping it light and and we're we're positive vibes only. But I'm, I, can, can we get into this year? Can we get in, can we get into NYCFC this year? I mean, the CONCACAF was tough. I was really hoping that NYCFC was about to, you know, play El Ahli from Egypt. That would have been sick for me, right? Like my dad would have been, been hyped. Like we would have had a nice little clash there. Talk to me about the, that Seattle, that, that Seattle game. You know, if you want to get into it, they, yeah, um, the second so game weird. was tough, man. So like, I, I'm, a, I don't want to bash. Like I'm a huge NYCFC. Like that's my squad. I said they belong to me. The no stadium thing absolutely crushes them um, because they haven't had a stadium. They box themselves into we're going to be New York City's team. We're going to play in New York City's boundaries no matter what. So now they're in a tough spot where not only one, do they have to play in weird places for some of their games because Yankee Stadium is not a FIFA official stadium. So they, they can play MLS, but they can't play championship soccer yeah. there for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um so not only does that hurt, but then because they have to balance their schedule with the Yankees um, and the fact that it's obviously pretty cold here um, and the stadium's not always, you know, on that kind of track, they have to play an incredibly odd schedule. Um, yeah. And especially this year. So you're asking, like, they were tired for that Seattle game. They didn't really have their best lineup in because they had MLS games surrounding it and stuff like that, too. Um, that is the one knock and the one thing that's holding it back. And hopefully, Knicks fans, you guys can help it happen, like, a dope soccer stadium. I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, like so I'm talking about a 45,000. Like if you look at the soccer stadiums around the world, you know, like some of the best of the best, you know, if you can get a, you know, say Barnabas, you can get one of these massive stadiums here. 
the energy can really, really explode. And that's the one thing. If they can figure out the stadium situation um, and get, like, you know, a legitimate consistency, this team could not be, I'm not saying, they could not be the best club in MLS. They could be the best club in the world. And then I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. You know, you look at, like, a PSG in French soccer. The French soccer it's is like not close. spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. They're just so much better than everybody, and they yeah. play and they win, and at least so on and so forth. Yeah, so. There can be that in MLS. You can have an elite worldwide successful team in MLS that can compete with other teams around the world, and there's no better place to do it than New York City, right? Best city in the world. You could have that kind of energy and that type of success here. And then, you know, you're watching a Ronaldo. You're watching a Mbappe. You're watching, you know, uh, Hovland, one of these greatest players on the world, if they sign with New York City, I mean, it's it's something that could be really special. That's fair. Maybe they should. I mean, the the whole you hit it in the beginning with the NYC, you know, constraints. Because if they went to MetLife, that's where that's where international soccer is played, right? Mm-hmm. At MetLife, the 2026 FIFA World Cup Finals at MetLife. Uh, so, you know, the, I saw Messi at MetLife. You know, they they always have those uh, yeah. away like tournaments at MetLife. The one thing is soccer is not football. People come out to MetLife for regular season football games. Soccer, yeah. there's a lot of games. I don't know if that's correct. I just think they they want it. They, and they don't even want it. That. They want it in New York City. Because like you said, they did the Jersey thing. Red Bull yeah. State Arena is one of the greatest arenas in the entire country. Like without You wouldn't doubt. even know about it. You wouldn't, wouldn't even, even know about know. it. I, I Even when I fly... Like, you know, and I'm like, oh, Red Bull, like that looks yeah. like such a sick stadium. How can I never go there? How come like no, like nobody even knows about it? There's not even like nobody wants to there. take an hour and a half path train or what if know, what if they took what, what if they took the Yonkers raceway and made that? The oh, you're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. I think it's perfect. You can extend the subway a little bit. I've had this conversation on Twitter many, many times. I've been asking, bro, I was ta- I was talking to my pops about this. I was like, yo, move the Giants and the Jets to Yonkers raceway. Call it a day. It's over. It's done. Now, I don't know if it's possible now because I'm pretty sure um, I know MGM bought that entire thing. They're going to make their own casino and, ah. and stuff like that. But that's perfect, though, right? Why can't you yeah, throw a stadium say, in there, too? Yeah, yeah but say the Run NYCFC it. MGM Grand Place. What's the issue? Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> the issue? Oh, Get some man. betting in and go watch some soccer. <laughs> Without a <laughs> doubt. All right. Uh, this is, this is uh, a little antiquated, but do you think that was a penalty versus Toronto or not? Yeah, and that opening the the last game, NYCFC, it was a big controversy. Oh, uh, in oh the, absolutely! Eighth minute, in the eighth minute, <laughs> we're, ri- yeah, we're, ri- no. we're riding here. We're riding with NYC. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean NYCFC has had incredibly bad luck with that LAFC or yeah, was, oh, no, uh, sorry, it was the LA Galaxy in the first yes, game. Yes, this yes, season. Yes, there was yes. one that clearly should have been a penalty stuff too. But the big thing, the big story right now is Tati Castellanos found. Of the goal, and now he four goals in one game. Actually, puts I mean, him the second in the entire league right now, all off of one game. Um, do you think? Do you think that they're going to be able to make make a run here with with uh, Cassianos right here? Oh my gosh, I've seen. I mean, the one thing is, is Cassianos going to stay? And that's why I'm kind of pushing, right? I mean, there's rumors that by July he'll be in Europe already playing for one of the top oh. clubs in the entire world. Uh, Man, Man City owns New York City Football Club. And the rumor is he could go and be a backup there, rumors. and then who knows? Um, or he could go to. I mean, there there were some legitimate offers for him this past offseason. They ended up holding him right now. Seeing it's very weird because America plays in our summer months, right? Yeah, the yep, yep. windows are much different. So that free agency is actually right in the middle of U.S. soccer season, um, yes. over there. So he, there's a potential he could move, but 
Forget it. Tati Castellos is out of control. Talis Magno is a baller. I mean, they have like, they got like six guys right now that are like legit, legit. I mean, you, you want to compare it to kind of the Knicks. You know, the Knicks have like a whole bunch of young guys and they don't really know where they fit. NYCFC has that problem because all of them are freaking ballers and they're legit. <laughs> like all, all five guys that got up front can play. Um, I'm yeah. telling you, man, it is You're a right. fun no, I mean, Yeah, they're, they're really good. They're really good. I mean, I throw them on. Uh, my, my dad, very critical of the MLS. It's hard for me, me to get him to watch, but he put it on. I put on some NYCFC games because that's my squad. So when they're on, I, I, they, they play well. And he he's critical of everything. <laughs> it has to do with soccer. And, you know, he gives them some props. There is, you know, there is this thing that whoever wins the MLS championship uh, usually struggles uh, in the beginning. So there's that little bit going on. Let me ask you this: We got some, we got some haterade. I saw you going on Twitter about it. You got some haterade about the, you, you know, the first, the first uh, banner for NYCFC. Right? <laughs> What's going on with that, man? You get a ring, we get that little banner in, in Yankee Stadium. What's going on? That was that 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 it should be zero? bigger than that. Is no, that why we beat yeah. Utah by six? <laughs> oh, <yeah. Salt> Lake. <laughs> That's that. They threw some shade. Yeah. That's one thing where an NBA is actually adopting this. If you've seen over the last three or four years, definitely. But because MLS is kind of trying to make, you know, a splash in places, you got teams that are willing to do some really cool stuff on social media. They're willing to talk that talk yeah. on social media. And you saw, like I said, one of the teams making fun of other teams and stuff like that. They, yeah. they have a great kind of approach to the way that they handle social and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it all comes down to the stadium, man. Like Yankee Stadium is cool, but NYCFC they need their own stadium. Then we can put a banner up that takes the entire <laughs> outfield. Over. They can do whatever they want at that point. Yeah. Um, but that's been an interesting kind of development. Yankees don't really want them there anymore right now, so they got they're gonna have to figure something Ooh. out at some point. And they got the money from Man City, and you know that was that was a big knock on them, right? Are we just a G League for NYC for you know Man City? But if Castellanos was going to Man City from NYCFC, like isn't that isn't that a positive at the end of the day? I mean, I hate Man City. I'm a Liverpool fan, but you know, like because it's Salah, Salah left. Who cares? But like, does yeah. that bother you? Like, what do you have to say about like the G League Man City stuff? I mean, that was a legitimate question. Would not just NYCFC, um, but would the entire league become this league where every good player gets pulled over? That script has been flipped dramatically. Um, now, these players might leave to go over, but it used to be like, oh, we're going to steal this player or we're going to take it. Now, it's we have to throw $20 million at this young, nice team. And the way that the system works is they can then pull other great players from all around other places. Man City not only owns, it's called the City Football Group. They not only own NYCFC, they own Melbourne City, um, in Australia, they own an Indian team, they own teams all around the world, and they have this network. So, like, it's at the same time, while, yeah, they might take from us, they might take from a million places because they take from everybody because they're one of the best, you know, uh, groups in the entire world. But you're seeing guys, and like I said, you know, Jack Harrison is a great example. You would have watched Jack Harrison. He was a draft pick. Actually, I think he was a homegrown, so um, they call it. But yeah, but he was he was drafted here, picked. He was a decent player. Then he had an incredible year where he turned it up crazy. Yep. Somebody saw him, picks him up, and now you can go watch him. He scores like two goals a game a on Saturdays against some of the best players in the entire world. So you got an opportunity to be in with that, see that experience and come. And then you get these superstar players like Ronaldo will play in the MLS in the next two to three years, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe LA, maybe though, a right? little bit longer than that. It for could LA. be there. Well, could Messi. Be Miami. Could Dude, be Miami. Stinks. Oh, yeah. Miami. Yeah. Miami's a big one. Beckham has their thing there, too. But honestly, if there's a team that can throw something at them, New York City is that. 
right? I mean, like, if you're talking about Ronaldo wants to be the biggest soccer player in the world, Ronaldo playing in front of New York football fans for the next, you know, three years is a game changer. Any of those guys there um, are legitimate, you know, potential superstars, not just in terms of soccer, but in terms of sports overall. Yeah, just life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Then Jordan, for, just to wrap this whole uh, New York City Football Club talk up, where do you see this team finishing this season? Do you see them repeating? How, what's what's the expectations? I mean, the way that what's the prediction right now? The, 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 there's a little secret. Um, NYCFC is basically unstoppable at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. Um, the problem is they don't always get to play there because yeah. of the way the things work out. Um, especially when it comes to later on the season. You know, their MLS playoffs go right at the same time as the Yankees playoffs. And it's actually been an issue because they bounce back and forth and have to move. But, I mean, this NYCFC team is, they have probably the best forward in the league in Tati Castellanos. I mean, it's debatable, but he yeah. definitely is one of the best scorers in the league. MVP. They have six guys that can all be superstars um, at this level or and beyond. Um, they have an incredible one of the U.S. men's national team's goalies is Sean Johnson. Um, who is our captain and one of the leaders. He won the actual the uh, MLS uh, MVP for the yeah. championship game this past year. They have all the pieces, um, and they're, like, confident now. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm not going to say – they're the favorite, I believe, in the East right now. They might be the second yes. favorite, but it's close. Yeah. Um, but in my opinion, um, if they can get home field advantage, they'll win the cup again. All right. Have and they been the road you- games? They're, they're been, solid in road games. Have you been there? Have you been like to oh, Atlanta yeah. or something? I well, heard I went Atlanta to Portland was crazy. for the MLS Cup. Yeah, I went yeah, to yeah. Atlanta before. I've been to Orlando. Um, I've been to both LAs. Yeah, I mean, it's not just NYCFC. Soccer is taking off in this country, and the energy is like out of control. There's parties. Yeah, Alex? I mean, I'm telling you, I've been, I mean, you go, you go to the bars around Knicks, and it's fun before the games. You go to Yankee Stadium an hour before, and it is a banger. <laughs> it's a banger, like it's it's fun. Alex, we'll do. We'll, 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 I'll go to a soccer game. You guys have to go to a rugby game. How about that? Because ru- right. Major League Rugby, Major League Rugby is a thing now, man. Rooney, Rugby it. United New York, baby, let's go. He's got a disgusted face, but he'll we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. Let's go. Let's go. You just compared soccer to rugby, bro. Damn. Hey, I played. Yeah. I played that, that was four tough. years, ago, man. Come on. Yeah, I got. Well, it. No, I, it's not that. It's just soccer's got some momentum right now, man. I didn't compare it. I'm just saying. Yeah, it. Yeah. Going to a soccer game. Yeah, rugby, you like a rugby game. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Can I play? <laughs> All right. huh? Can I play? Can I play? Hey. hey, I mean, we can go find some mental leagues and go play, yeah. but. This is this is a legit. We're talking about Major League Rugby, man. So it's it's on the come up. Rooney's been doing pretty well last two uh, two seasons, second and third in the East uh, in their conference. All right, they made a little push in the playoffs, but uh, fizzled out. They fizzled. I spent some time in Australia. Rugby rugby plays no games. I I can bang with it. I spent some time in Australia. Aussie rules, man. That what a sport. Yeah, wild. I know. Let's go. I wish we had Aussie. What what are you? But since you're such a soccer head too, John, what are your thoughts on the World Cup? And we'll get out of here. Yeah, I mean, this is the most exciting, I think, uh, time it has ever been for U.S. soccer in the history, probably, of U.S. soccer at this point. Um, they're legitimate competitors. The group has broken out really nicely for them to <laughs> almost definitely make the knockout round unless they blow it, which is definitely possible. We've seen that the last yeah. few um, opportunities. But I think this could be the start of something incredible if they can go. And if you look at the way it's broken out, they have a really successful slash possible path 
to at least make that final four. Um, if they can pull out one major win, um, it's yeah. obviously going to depend on what happens in some of the other groups. But if they can pull out one major win, um, they got a real chance at like really making some noise. And like I, I said, once the World Cup starts, you know, the energy gets going. Um, Pulisic is a top 20 player in the world, I think, at this point. Um, he can carry. Reyna, if he's healthy, we'll see what happens. But um, especially considering that we've all been kind of waiting for the World Cup, the cancellation and stuff like that. This is like it. It's kind of breaking all really well. You go put a great performance together in this World Cup, and then you get to host the next one. Yeah. Things go crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. For I high agree. school, college, you know, uh, you know, young kids all around the country. Even MLS. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. Exciting right. time, man. Soccer's on the come up. That's a good point. All right. Looks like I start getting into this. I mean, my wife's little brother plays soccer too. Go watch him play. He's got it's a, a big youth. Play. Telling it's you. a big youth thing, man. Telling it, you, man. He made a good point about the concussion stuff. I know there's like headers, concussion. Oh, no, that's a fact. Issues coming up, but youth sports is dominated by soccer. You know, you get your kids least, to go out there on the off season for basketball or football. You know what I'm saying? Run some laps, you know? And let me tell you too, like if you're a basketball fan, soccer and basketball are very, very comparable as to the way that they're played, right? You have dribble moves on the ball, right? You play defense in almost the same exact way. You're trying to get shots off, especially good looks. Right. There's a lot of comparisons. It just obviously happens at a much larger scale. But if you look, I mean, you look at like guys now, even, you know, Luca is a soccer player. Uh, Joel Embiid's a soccer player. Like these guys grew up playing that. Like I said, it is a really nice time for soccer to kind of be weaving its way in and out of all the sports. And like I said, if you're a basketball fan, I promise you, you will have a blast at Yankee Stadium watching NYCFC. All right, Jordan. Thank you for coming on, man. Truly appreciate it. Please let our listeners know where they can go find you. If you've got anything on the up and on the way, like if you publish anything, please let them know. Yeah, at underscore Jordan Griffith on Twitter. I post all my stuff on there. I've been kind of making a conscious effort to like keep my opinions off Twitter, which is like the opposite of what Twitter is in every way, shape, or form. <laughs> so um I've been trying to like just kind of keep my stuff on a DL right now. But you can find me on there. And like I said, is look out for me on the basketball court somewhere near you. That's all right. Jordan, thank you for coming on, my man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Had a great time. Alex, like I said, it's a pleasure to watch, man. We're decades in. And John, man, I like you. I like the swag, man. Let's get it sometime. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm around, man. When Alex comes, he he's been trying to get us to play some pickup together. So we'll we'll get it going. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Jordan's about to whoop some ass if uh we don't play that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm saying we'll have fun. We'll just have fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I always but got my kids everyone. in the car in case somebody ever challenges oh, me. So you see, Bro, me yeah, out there I got, I, sh- I got my shoes, my basketball, and my knee brace all in the car. Always, <laughs> 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 all three, always in there. I got my basketball. I got my basketball sneakers. Got my cleats. Got a soccer ball. Got a rugby ball. You, my the back of my car is a Models. Actually, I just <laughs> yeah. took over Models. It's just in the back of my car. That's all what happened. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. You know what to do. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you've not done so already. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We're also on YouTube. Type in Knicks Jets, etc. When you find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. If you watch a video, hit the like button, hit that notification bell. Make sure to watch the YouTube videos too. Too, Come on. Look at these handsome guys right here, all right? Support it. Support the support the movement. Support it. Leave a comment. Interact with us. Let us know your opinions. Now we have uh, Jordan talking NYCFC. Uh, so make sure to leave it in the comments. And don't worry. Jordan's going to come back. John will be in there. Everyone will be talking. Don't worry. Everyone's going to, you know, gag 
gather and just have their opinions and whatnot. And when you're over there, just check out Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, Chip Murphy also comes on. They give you their takes on where to place your bets. So make sure to go check them out. And last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode. We out. Let's go Knicks.